Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. You do it a thousand times a day. The question is, how good are you at making decisions? Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to be a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and today we sit down with Ron Price to dive into the core idea of decision-making as a leadership concept. Each and every week on the podcast, we dive deep into one of the areas that are brought out in The Complete Leader, the book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. Ron, great to be with you today. Good to be with you, Dale. So the average middle manager makes a 1,000 decisions a day, and we're all, whether you're a leader, uh, whether you're in the management of the organization, whether you're somewhere in the middle on that org chart, or even at the entry level of the org chart, everybody is making decisions. So I'm excited for this podcast today because it applies to all of us, no matter where we are at in our leadership journey. You're absolutely right, Dale. And the interesting thing about decisions is that I often refer to them as the first button at the top of the shirt. What I mean by that is that when I put a shirt on in the morning, if I get the first button in the right hole, then the rest of the shirt goes okay. If I don't get the first button in the right hole, I can't make the rest of the shirt work. (laughs) And decisions are a lot like that because everything that we do emanates out of a decision. And when you say a thousand decisions a day, that's kind of mind boggling. And the reality is that most of our decisions are made in our subconscious mind. And the only thing our conscious mind really can do is to override or to say, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. So the truth is most of our decisions are made intuitively and it's only when we slow down and think about what's this decision and what do I need to make it better that we begin to enter into decision making as a skill, not just as a behavior or as an action, but where it actually becomes a learned capability that makes us better leaders. So once again, I'm going back to the word intentionality around this, because if we're doing something a thousand times a day and it is mostly the subconscious that is doing the work, it's easy to ignore. It's almost like breathing, right? We don't pay close attention to the process and how, we, how we're doing it. So what are some of the components of developing decision-making as a skill so that we're intentional about it? Well, the first thing is that you're absolutely right. And the thing that gets us to pause is the level of risk that we think we might be facing. If, if a decision has no risk whatsoever, we tend to just, they always, we would always say we go with our gut. We make an intuitive decision. But the more we think there are consequences of this decision, the more we tend to slow down. And now we're starting to look at how do I improve the decision I'm about to make. And there really are three components that come into play in that kind of better quality decision making. The first is data. The second we've already mentioned, that's intuition. To what extent do I need to trust my gut? And the third is context. What's the context in which I'm making this decision? All right. So let's go through those one at a time. And uh, should we talk about data first? Sure. That sounds great. So the, obviously the purpose of data is to give us more insights. It's so that we get a better idea of understanding the circumstances and understanding. And, and we hope oftentimes that what data is going to do is it's going to lead us into an obvious decision that we can make, that all the data points this way, so it would be crazy for us not to go this particular direction. But the, 
problem with that is that if we wait for all the data, oftentimes we are making the decision too late. So I think in developing our decision-making skills, it helps us to think about what's this relationship between data and tuition. And it depends on the circumstances. If you think about, for instance, when it comes to making a hiring decision about who we're going to bring into a certain role, well, a lot of times the data that we're looking for is what's their background? What have they done in the past? It might be what school they went to or what credentials they have. Or some of us who are trying to go deeper into understanding data will have them complete different psychometric tests so that we can understand their tendencies. These are all examples of data that we're wanting to get in order to make a good decision. Data has a great value in that it expands our thinking about the decision that we're about to make. And yet at the same time, if you have too much of a reliance on data, you can be expecting the data to give you something that it's not going to be able to give you. And then you become paralyzed. You can't make a decision because you don't have all of the data. Randy, who co-authored The Complete Leader with me, he had a boss years ago who said to him, Randy, if you wait until you have all the data, it's no longer a decision. A decision always involves some degree of risk. So data is really important. And the question to ask is, what kind of data is going to help me? So I think of a couple of big examples here. I think of when I fill out my tax returns, or actually my accountant does it for me now. That's where we need a lot of data. And the data better be accurate because if we don't give facts, if we don't fill out that tax return with data, the decision I'm going to make of how much I pay in my taxes could be a faulty decision, which would have negative consequences for me. So that's an example where you're dependent 99%, 100% on data. Ah, oh, There may be a few things where you decide, is this really a business expense or personal expense? But for the most part, it's very, very data-driven. But you could contrast that with somebody like Steve Jobs deciding to bring out the iPhone. So what data does he have that's going to help him make a decision about whether or not the iPhone's going to be successful? Well, he knows that everybody's using phones. And he, at that time, he knows that a lot of people have Palm Pilots or a few people have, uh, well, I guess a lot of people then had Blackberries where they did their email. But a lot of his decision to bring out the iPhone was not data-driven. It was more intuition. So the first component is how much data do I need and how's that data going to help me make a better decision, although the, the data can't make the decision for me. At some point, I still have to pull the trigger. And I, I think back to I'm a chief information officer, and uh, chief, I'm sorry, innovation officer in my yes. day job. If I yeah. remember exactly what I do. But uh, <laughs> A lot of times as we're looking at adding value through some kind of a new product, uh, there will be people who are the very late adopters, you can tell, who want to see more and more data. And some you get to a point where there just isn't the data available, especially when you're talking about deciding to do something new and a bit risky, just as you described in the, in the Steve Jobs story. Yeah, and we all have a different... Well, first of all, one of the great insights into human beings is to realize that we all have a different operating system. We all process decisions in our own unique way. And some of us tend to make quick decisions and then we figure out how to make them the right decisions. Those would be people who I think maybe sometimes make decisions before they have as much data that would help them to make better quality decisions. And others of us are very cautious and careful and risk averse in how we process. And so we want more and more and more data so that we minimize our risk. 
the challenge is, Dale, that every one of us, our operating system is the perfect system for some kinds of decisions, and it's a terrible operating system for other kinds of decisions. So if you're going to develop your decision-making skills, what you're doing is you're broadening the tools, you're broadening the way that you think about approaching decisions so that you can, uh, I guess you would say, uh, add new versions to your operating system that make you a better decision-maker. Mm, great approach. So now, next item, intuition. This is uh, making gut-based decisions. Yeah, and this is actually where we we use intuition to fill the gaps where we can't get data, where the data is not available, or we're thinking about making a decision for which data is not no longer going to help us. Now, there's some basic things maybe, but I, I think of when I think of this kind of intuition, and sometimes it's hard for us to understand somebody else's intuition, I think of one of the great examples is Jeff Bezos of Amazon deciding to purchase the Washington Post. Like, where is the data that makes that make sense? And if you did look at the data where circulation numbers are decreasing for daily papers, it, the data might actually be telling you, don't do this. This is a bad investment. And of course, at the time that we're making this podcast, we don't exactly know what the outcome of that decision is going to be. But what a bold decision on his part to make that purchase. And it had to be based on some intuition, some insight that he has that's not driven by data. And as long as we're talking about Jeff Bezos and Amazon, we could talk about their purchase of Whole Foods. It's like, wow, yeah, there's data there. They're looking at Whole Foods revenue and their profit, but there's something far beyond data that they're pointing to and making a decision to purchase Whole Foods. So when you think about people who do disruptive things, people who do things that seem contrary to the direction everybody else is going, often these are decisions that are being made on some kind of intuition and it's validated by the outcomes. It's, it either turns out to have been a good intuition if they have success or it turns out to be a bad intuition if they don't succeed in the direction they decide to go. But we can't get away from it. Intuition is an important part of how we make decisions. And the relationship to which we depend on data and depend on intuition is going to vary in different degrees based on the circumstance that we're looking at. So again, we all have this operating system. The same way I said that we all have a different tendency in how much we depend on data, we all have a different tendency in how much we depend on intuition. And the person who's on their journey to becoming a complete leader becomes aware of these things and looks for opportunities to expand whichever one they tend to depend on less. All right. Item number three on our list. So we have gone through data, intuition, and now let's talk about context. Yeah, so I've, I've actually referred to circumstances, the same thing as context a few times. The reality is that not all decisions are equal. Some like what I'm going to order at the restaurant tonight has a, a very short lifespan of impact. I like to say I'm going to get another chance in another eight or 10 hours if this one doesn't work out. But other decisions that I make, let's say, for instance, the decision of who I'm going to marry, well, that has a very significant long-term impact. So it actually, it reminds me of a graduation speech I gave to a, a group of seniors in high school a few years back. And I, we talked about the five most important decisions that you'll make in your life and how these decisions, these five, they're most important because every one of them has a very profound impact on your life long term. Hmm. 
will you share those five decisions with us? Yeah, sure. Of course, this was delivered to a group of seniors in high school, so it was contextual. Mm -hmm. It was based on what they were about to face as they went out into the big world, so to speak, after graduation. And some of these might surprise you, but I spent a lot of time reflecting on them and concluded that they all had a very profound impact in these young people's futures. The first was, what do you, what do you believe about God? I said, what, it, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't believe anything, but what you do believe about God is going to have a profound impact on the way that you live out your life. The second was, what do you believe about yourself? So if you see yourself as a high achiever, if you see yourself as a low achiever, as you see yourself as a great people person or poor in relation, what, what do you believe about yourself? Because what you believe about yourself, what you decide about yourself is going to have a big impact on the way that you live out your life. The third is, will you get married? And if so, who are you going to marry? I, I've been married for 43 years, and I think my relationship with my wife is probably one of, it's probably the first or second most important decision I made because of the way that it's impacted how my life has played out from then on. Number four was, how are you going to go about creating your profession? What decisions will you make about who you're going to become professionally? And are you going to stay in one profession? Are you going to take the approach that you want, to in, you want to explore and experience several different careers? And then the last is, how will you pursue continuous learning? It's an amazing statistic, Dale. Several years ago, I heard that 60% of people don't read a single nonfiction book after they graduate from high school. That's amazing to me because reading nonfiction, I think, I think you should balance your reading between nonfiction and fiction, but reading has such a profound impact. So how are you going to think about continuous learning? What decisions are you going to make about continuous learning? I decided years ago that I would invest 30 minutes a day into continuous learning for the rest of my life. And it's been one of those decisions I made that has had a very, very significant impact in so many different ways of how I live my life. So in any case, for these teenagers who are getting ready to either go to college or go to trade school or get their first full-time job, these were five decisions I thought that were gonna have a profound impact on the rest of their life. And then as you listen to those, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about myself? Who will I marry? And uh, will I marry? If so, who? How will I create my profession? How will I pursue continuous learning? You break those down. Those are, those are areas of how I, how I think, um, what I do, and how I relate to others. Yeah, very insightful, Dale. You've just touched on something that we call axiology or the theory of value. And you identified three different dimensions of value, thinking, doing, and relating. And we do make decisions in each of these three areas. And I think it's very real to say that these decisions create our lives. So it's something worth pondering, especially as you think about developing your capacity as a decision maker in your leadership. And they definitely tie into the idea of good decision making and context. Yeah. And if we'll pause as leaders to think about context and to realize that we should adapt our approach to, to decisions based on the context that we're dealing with. It often improves the decisions that we make. So the question is, does this decision require more data? Is this decision going to require more intuition? What's the right timing, the right context in which I should make this decision? 
Ron Price, you have given us a lot to think about around decision-making, along with a fabulous set of five questions that would be good to ponder as well in the next week. So thank you so much for that. We're going to continue this conversation about decision-making in the next edition of the podcast, The Complete Leader. Um, any final words for us? Well, as you started us off with, Dale, we're constantly making decisions, most of us a thousand or more a day. So because we do so much of this, if we intentionally develop it as a skill, as a leadership skill, it's going to impact every other part of our leadership journey. It's worth thinking about how I go about making decisions and how can I expand or grow my skill as a decision maker. Mm. Fantastic. Ron Price, co-author of the book, The Complete Leader. Thank you so much. I look forward to continuing this conversation next week. Um, listeners, before you go, if you would do us a quick favor, if you would rate and review this podcast, we would be most grateful. Just go into your favorite podcast listening app and do that. Also, there are so many resources about decision-making and the other core competencies laid out in The Complete Leader. You'll find it at thecompleteleader.org. So that's the complete leader, all one word, dot O-R-G. And there you will find those resources. If you have not picked up the book yet, it is uh, available everywhere. Books are sold. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at thecompleteleader.org. Um, pick it up. It is a big help in your journey to becoming a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 